everyone, and welcome to the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts Podcast. I am your host, Kat Cloco, and along with me in the shadows, there's Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And welcome back. It's another wonderful week here in the world of the strange and spooky. You can follow us on social media at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram, and please send us your hometown haunted mail at gmail.com. It's rather lonely right now. It's empty. It needs to be read. There are no new emails. So please submit your own ghost stories, your urban legends, your stories about creepy cryptids, and we will read them on air lovingly. Anyway. So, we're also an official podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and SoundCloud. And I believe Stitcher too, right, Jen? You can find us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us there and on YouTube so other spooky lovers just like you can find us. Yes. And share more spooky stories. Though, before we get into our road trip today, I do want to introduce our comics guest for this week. And this is Lauren Sparks. And she worked on the Votes for Women, The Battle for the 19th Amendment, a comics anthology project. So a little bit about that before we get Lauren on. Through 200 plus pages of comics and illustrations created by 32 women artists, Votes for Women reflects on the fight for female suffrage, celebrates the hard-won victories, and acknowledges the harsh realities and continues the fight the battle for gender equality still being waged. And you can find the book at www.littleredbird.press on the internet. So welcome, Lauren Sparks. Hey. Yeah, local artist extraordinaire. Ah. How are you doing? I see your um, cat. Yeah, she just climbed up there. I yeah, <laughs> decided it was time. Yeah. <laughs> so you took part in this anthology. It sounds like a rather large tome. Can you tell us about your submission to the book? Yeah. So this is the book. Ooh. And it is it is over 200 pages long. Wow. But I've only um I only contributed five pages to this and it's two different stories. So one oh, is wow. long and one is two pages long. Um, and both of them are kind of historical fillers. One is generally about the life of Frederick Douglass because he was popping up in so many of the other stories. Mm-hmm. And the other is about a court case of Minor versus Haberset that went all the way to the Supreme Court in 1872, I believe. Oh, wow. So tell us about... The minor versus hyperset court case. Okay, so how to condense? I can go to the pages here. Basically, mm-hmm. actually, I'll show the original art. Basically, before the 1870s, the um, suffrage movement was kind of in two different parts. Um, one group believed that we should be able to use existing laws to prove that any citizen citizen should vote, and that includes women. And other, the other group believed we need to write new laws that explicitly state that women can vote. So basically, here is. Oh wow! The first pages. I got to draw lots of poofy dresses. <laughs> um, the court case of Minor versus Happerset basically ended that divide mm-hmm. because she sued the state of Missouri because in their state constitution it specifically said that men should vote. So she was trying to prove her and her husband, who was a, was a lawyer, were trying to argue that that Missouri state constitution was in conflict with the federal constitution. So they took it to the Missouri Supreme Court and then they took it to the United States Supreme Court and they lost both Ooh. times. So that basically helped to unify the movement for everyone to agree that we need to write a new law. Okay. Last page where they're at the Supreme Court, which is a different building than it was today. I had to find that out. Because I was I was doing all these sketches of the current Supreme Court building. I'm like, oh wait, this one random line in this building description says this has only been the Supreme Court building since 1930. This is ah, yeah. <laughs> so there were lots of interesting things like that I found. So did you choose the stories that you worked on? Yes, uh, kind of. 
the minor versus heifer set case I did, basically our editor had a list of topics and just a really brief description of each. And I thought that sounded really interesting. So I picked that one. And then later on, while I was working on the minor versus heifer set pages, the editor um, asked me, cause I'd like said, well, I'll do another spot illustration if you need it. Like she had a little checkbox. Do you want to do more than just a comic? Um, and she said, oh, could you do another comic? About Frederick Douglass? <laughs> <laughs> so that actually turned out to be a lot harder because I had to condense his whole life into two pages. Oh, that is difficult. And so uh, for people who don't know who Frederick Douglass is, who was him? Who was he? Uh, everyone <laughs> should know who Frederick Douglass is. He's amazing. Basically, um, this should say something. He's the most photographed human being of the 19th century. He was a slave who escaped and taught himself to read and write and became an author and famous speech giver. And he would travel all over the United States and Europe giving speeches about both women's suffrage and abolition of slavery. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, he has a difficult life to condense into two pages. So kudos to you for doing that. (laughs) Yeah, it was like every panel a full decade. Um, yeah, kind of. And we had lots of, lots of problems in post, like we were trying to fit like all of the lettering that I'd written into these small captions. And my editor's just like, no, we have to make it shorter. I'm like, no, we can't cut out more. Yes, that's a difficult job for an editor to do, to sit there and say, your copy is too verbose. You need to make it more direct. One of the hardest things to do ever. Your editor is also (laughs) making this face. Yeah. So here's some of the Frederick Douglass pages. So basically, Mm -hmm. I did them all just equal panels, and they're all just separate scenes. Okay. Um, They don't connect at all, except that they're all about Frederick's life. Right. Oh, cool. So I always love Frederick Douglass's hair. Yeah. And he's got a great nose. Yes. Really nicely done work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's traditionally done? Yeah, I did all the black and white artwork traditionally, and then I did all the coloring digitally. Okay. And that's actually a fun um, a fun part of this anthology was that a lot of artists did their colors traditionally. It's a really, it's a really cool mix. Nice. So it's a colored anthology. Yeah, we did um, a limited color palette. Okay. So... Um, you'll probably see the internet says the colors for women's suffrage are purple and green, but that's actually the colors for women's suffrage in England. Oh. In the United States, it's purple and yellow because oh. it had to be different. So the entire <laughs> book is purple and yellow, and she oh. gave us like three shades of purple, three shades of yellow that everyone was oh. um, just their guidance from. So this, these are the Frederick Douglass pages in color. Ooh. Very nice. Those are sharp. It looks like an awesome book. Yeah, it does. It is super interesting. It actually, I didn't realize the women's suffrage movement started a lot more earlier than I ever realized. The I think some of the earliest stories in the book take place in the late 1700s and it goes all the way up through the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. And and it's it looks like it, you learn a lot reading. I mean, whenever you do a project like this, you learn so much. You know, and it's so. like barely dipping your toe. Each story is like the Frederick Douglass story where like you have to condense it all. And there and there's so many of those. So it's basically every single story in this book, you can go just look up the name of the person or go look up the subject and you're going to find tons more information. That yeah. So if people are interested in getting their hands on the book, where should they go? Um, you can buy it from littleredbird.press, the website that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it might actually be available through the Nib as well, because Ali Schwed also is an artist for the Nib. She's okay. the editor of Little Red Bird Press. And can people order it through a brick and mortar store if they want to support uh, local? Yes. I think they have to order it through Little Red Bird as well. Okay. If I remember correctly. Ali said okay. that um, she has, uh, like, you can do bulk orders, just have to contact their shop. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. Oh, and are you working on anything? Um, I've got 
my long running webcomic called Cats Talking Words. It's very silly. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. If I hear someone say something silly, I write it down and redraw it with cats. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So um, that's been kind of off and on over the past year because, surprise, 2020 sucked. But, <laughs> but I am still doing that off and on. I'm also working on a collaboration with some friends um, on a project that's going to be semi-animated. And um, I'm trying to get started on a children's book illustration project as well. Oh, that sounds great. Many things. Christina, do you have anything to add? Um, no, I just, uh, maybe if you could uh, give us your social media handles and where they can find that really wonderful comic. Yeah. Okay. So on all social media, social media, social media, I'm winged elf girl. That's just W I N G E D E E L E L F G I R L. Um, but on Tumblr, I am Cats Talking Words, which is the name of that webcomic. And I have a Linktree site that's on all of my social medias that links to all of the other ones. If you find one, you find them all. And we should also note that um, uh, Lauren did a pinup in the first issue of Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes, you did. You did the goat so man. man. <laughs> oh, it was a great image. That was really fun. Yes. <laughs> I really love the angle that you took the goat man just sitting on the trestles of the bridge. Yeah, that was a really like, fun one. In the stories that I read about it, it sounded like some of them sounded sad, but some of them sounded so silly. I'm like, how can mm -hmm. I capture? He's like, he's alone, but maybe he's not unhappy. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that was a good illustration. So, well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So yet again, for anyone who's interested in purchasing the Votes for Women, a battle for the 19th Amendment, a comics anthology, you can go to littleredbird.press and order your own copy. <laughs> and her cartoon is really cute, too. It's adorable. I, Let me pull I, it cats up. Cats with words? I'm going to have to look that up. I believe she shows it on her Instagram, too, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> That's like, where I've seen it. Sai makes a guest appearance on it sometime last year because he said Aww. something really silly and cute, as all toddlers do, but I don't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. I'm glad she Cats made that Cats with words? Yeah. Um, it's on Tumblr, I think, is where she regularly posts it, she said. Yeah. This weekend, all of us had a real fun time on a road trip. So we all got our COVID shots, Christina, Jen, and myself, and we packed our equipment into our cars and set off for Connersville and Rushville, Indiana, which are found in the southern west part of the state, to pay visit to two very special girls, Vivian Allison and Lova Klein and their lovely dollhouse graves. These are an interesting phenomenon that for what I know right now is really in the Midwest of the United States. We actually have a dollhouse in Cincinnati as well that we'll be paying a visit to at a later date. But I finally got to meet Jen in person uh, and Chewbacca, my dog that you see from time to time, tagged along. And we even made a new friend named Jeff along the way. I wanna give a shout out to the Rush County Historical Society for giving us a small guided tour of one of the cemeteries. So strap in as we take you on a tour through Indiana's countryside, where I also got significantly lost in. So enjoy. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. We're out in the field today. Well, actually we're in Connersville City Cemetery next to Vivian May Allison's dollhouse grave. Now this is an interesting construction. It is well watched over by the city of Connersville. And uh, 
It celebrates the life of young Vivian May, who died just over five years old back in 1899. So she died unexpectedly um, because she kind of died in between census records. We don't have a whole lot other than oral history or local legend of her, but she died unexpectedly and her father was um, putting together a dollhouse for her. And this is, according to legend, the dollhouse that he was building for her. So instead of receiving it at Christmas, she has it on her tombstone. And right here is actually the gravesite of all three, she and her two parents. So Horace, who was her father, was a carpenter by trade and actually built the actual structure. And her mother designed the interior, made the curtains, the rugs, and the other toys they filled inside, filled for Vivian May. Now, if you look now, it has a nice homemade bed and carpeting and also some porcelain dolls and a potbelly stove and some uh, photos and flowers and all sorts of stuff that a little girl at the 20, turn of the 20th century would have loved to play with. This has been vandalized a few times, uh, especially in the 1970s or whenever there's a lot of media about this particular house. But it's well watched and it just got restored a few years ago. So you'll see that there are really large windows here on all four sides and a nice tin roof and the rest of it is wood. So um, her parents actually maintained the house for their entire lives. And then her younger sister actually took over taking care of the entire plot and graves after they passed away. She passed away in 1996, and since then it has been a local community group that has maintained this grave site. And we also have the rest of Connersville City Cemetery. Um, of course, with an interesting grave marker like this, there are bound to be some ghost stories. People have claimed to see little Vivian May running around the tombstones here, about a five-year-old girl in Victorian dress. So that... Yeah, and that's what I have about this particular dollhouse headstone. I do want to note that this probably was built specifically to be a display house for Vivian May because it's much larger than a standard dollhouse. It's easily four times the size and it's very tall. Plus these windows are extra large so that people can see in. So this one and some of the other ones that we'll be visiting today were specifically built by the parents to be wonderful remembrances of their children. It's Kat again, and we're at a different cemetery here in Rushville, Indiana, just a little bit east of Indianapolis. This is Arlington East Hill Cemetery, home of Lova's dollhouse headstone. So Lova Klein has a very sad history, but this wonderful dollhouse is a great reminder of how much she is loved, not only by her parents, but by the community. So Lova lived a little bit before our previous dollhouse headstone girl, um, Vivian. She, uh, Lova was alive from 1902 to 1908. Sorry, take that back. She was alive after our previous dollhouse, uh, Vivian. Uh, she, uh, she died in 1908. Now Lova was born with a genetic disease. She had a neurological disease that she could not um, 
move on her own free will very well. So she was mostly bedridden her entire life. And one of the things she enjoyed doing was playing with her dolls, playing with her doll houses. And when she did pass away, this special doll house was crafted by her father, who was also a carpenter, just like with Vivian's father. But he actually was a bridge carpenter but he was able to make this wonderful dollhouse. It's also very similar in style to Vivian's. So you can see there's some really large windows on all sides of the dollhouse. It's very well maintained. It gets restored every few years and local members of the community actually build the furniture and leave donations and um, toys all around. Though the cemetery does request to keep in mind that it gets windy here because we are in Indiana where it's really flat. So if you bring anything, make sure it's something that can't fly around the cemetery because they may mow over it and then that just is terrible for everyone. No one wants to see Barbie just split into the cemetery. No. So um, currently a friend of the family maintains the entire dollhouse. Um, it is here is a very quiet cemetery and uh, yeah it's her parents are also here Mary and George and originally um, George had said after Mary passed away that this headstone and the dollhouse were to be destroyed or dismantled but the community and actually the Saxton of this cemetery loved this dollhouse so much that they brought it here from a different cemetery because Lovo was actually buried in a different cemetery first and then placed here with her parents. So it was the Saxton that encouraged that this stay intact. Yeah, so the entire family's here now. Of course, there are ghost stories. This one has a little bit more ghost stories than uh, Vivian. Um, of course, Lova's been seen um, mostly through orb activity. So people have seen uh, lights floating through the cemetery at night and also a eerie glow emanating from the dollhouse. Now this dollhouse is in the back of the cemetery, so it would be very eerie to see it. Um, though I do see a few cemetery candles and LED lights put at different uh, headstones around. So that may be actually our explanation for it. Um, this headstone, just like uh, Vivian's, does get vandalized. This one may get vandalized a little bit more often. Um, in 1973 and in 79, somebody smashed the glass and uh, took all the original toys meant for Lova. So that's why there's so many toy donations now, and that's why the community makes um, furniture that is made out of popsicle sticks and fabric. So, hi. hi. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. So, if you do choose to come visit Lova and her parents, uh, be respectful, just like you would be with Vivian and her family, and know that this is very much a loved relic and landmark in Rushville and in this part of Indiana. So. Yeah, and that that's that's the history of Lova and her family and the dogs. trip that was i got lost in the indiana countryside got to meet jen and jeff popped out of nowhere 
So we do want to reiterate, like we did in the video, that visiting the girls' grave sites is to be respectful at all times while visiting them and their families. The communities in both Connorsville and Rushville really do watch over these two headstones and the dollhouses that are attached to them. Um, in the case with um, Arlington East Hill Cemetery, which is where Lova Klein is buried, we had a red van circling us the entire time we were out there. When they left about 10 minutes later, Jeff showed up and introduced himself and was very curious as to why we were sitting around young Lova Klein's uh, dollhouse. And once he introduced himself to us and we introduced ourselves to him, he got out and took us on a nice short walk through the cemetery showing the older parts of the cemetery, the oldest burials in the cemetery, and a little bit of the history. It was really great. Uh, got to learn more about Rush County, which I didn't know about. So uh, it's obvious that the little girls mean a lot to the community. Also, meanwhile, if anyone can get us photos of the Hobbit House or the giant tree sculpture that is on Route 44 around Bunker Hill, that'd be great because all three of us saw well christina saw the hobbit house jen and i saw the giant tree man who looks like an int from lord of the rings and we would all like to see photos because we can't really find any of these particular uh i'm gonna say roadside attractions so yeah if you have time and you live in the area really check out this uh part of the Indiana. And also at some point we will cover probably the lock and levy system that goes through the area. So Christina and Jen, how did you like our road trip? That was really fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, yes. And, it was and a lot I think, of fun. You know, um, yeah, I think it's important to be respectful. I think they're, they tend to be protective because there are so many people that vandalize and do uh, oh, yeah. things to the, I mean, as a matter of fact, the first uh, the first, uh, the the one in Connorsville had some damage where you could tell kids had like spray painted on things and that sort of thing. So yeah, you know, in the you cemetery, always, you always want to be really respectful. Um, and usually they have a lot of caregivers that that work on you know mow the lawns and keep ca uh, track of the you know uh, maintenance of those graveyards. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we did forget to tell Jeff when we met him that they have wasps living in Lova Klein's dollhouse. Yeah. So they may have a break in the seal somewhere <laughs> that they need to fix. Mm -hmm, how did, mm -hmm. how did they get in there? Not the wasps, but like, is there like a, a latch or something that they can open it to like take care of the inside of it? Um, I think not. it's permanently sealed. So okay. um, according to the caretaker for Lova's headstone, uh, they put everything in and then cocked it shut oh, uh, okay. with the windows. So um, generally nothing is supposed to get, no elements are supposed to get in. So it's a perfect little time capsule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and we were posting pictures of my sketches for this. A lot of people said they didn't even know this was a thing that existed, which I didn't know it was a thing that existed till you mentioned it and said, let's do a show on this. How did you find out about this? Was this sort of in the lore so there, I first learned about it thanks to Weird Ohio, that book, or sorry, Weird Indiana. We also have Weird Ohio. Um, I believe they're highlighted in the cemetery safari section because they are an interesting roadside attraction. Um, as I said, there's only a few of them, a handful of uh, dollhouse cemetery grave markers around the midwest of the united states uh there's one in tennessee there's one in missouri and then we have the one in actually just um it's in was a price hill here in cincinnati mm -hmm. so it's where the monkeys were yeah <laughs> yeah if, <laughs> ironically enough <laughs> ironically yes the new saint joseph cemetery has the keating family dollhouse uh, where there's three names actually engraved on the stone, but eight children are buried there along with their family members. So there's 17 mm -hmm. members of the Keating family and they have a, they've been raising funds to restore the stone actually this year. So they have um, a website and you can find out 
all this information. Like I found out how all eight children that are buried there, how they passed away. And tuberculosis was terrible and ran, mm. rampaged through the city. And there's a few very young babies that died that are Aww. buried with the family. So what makes the Keating family one interesting is that it's all stone, um, carved out of stone. These uh, uh, Vivian and Lovas are handmade, made out of wood with tin roofs and then custom windows. And I think one family must have borrowed the blueprints from the other because they're exactly the same. Mm -hmm. yeah one's just a lot younger than the other like one's older i think there's about 10 years between the two of them yeah i don't have those notes in front of me but i think there's the one one looks like it's had it's it's had stuff replaced more recently though um like the siding on it and the roof look more modern so somebody's replaced some of that stuff it looks like yeah Mm -hmm. uh the lions club is has been taking care of connersville city cemetery which has vivians Mm -hmm. and that may have been the one i think the first one Mm -hmm. you're talking about was the one that was fixed up more recently that one i think they were in there i thought the second one was fixed up more recently because the materials looked newer oh like because you said they were in there too yeah they were in there around 2018 according to the notes that i found and then Mm -hmm. i think the lions club was in there around 2015 or 2017 Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. But they have been repainted. Um, if you look online to older photos of both of these dollhouses, they're all sorts of different colors. Like oh, every decade, it gets a different co- coat of paint. Think, hmm. um, I think Lova's used to be all white. Oh, interesting. Yeah, one of them was all white just a little while ago. So now they, they have trim. Um, Lova's, I think, at one point was all black and had white trim. It is, it, it just, it cycles through whomever's taking care of it and mm-hmm. what color choice they want. So, and people hmm. that want to help, uh, uh, give money. Do they have uh, links to help support either? Of I didn't these? find any links. Okay. Um, it in the case of Vivian's, you may want to um, talk to the Lions Club. I did take a photo actually of the sign they had at the front of the cemetery with their information and then um with lovas that one's privately done so um it maybe contact the cemetery and see if they know how to contact the family that Mm -hmm. takes care of that but yeah and you did some wonderful sketches while we were there yeah, yeah, I, I'll post them on social media. I probably won't post them in the episode, but yeah. but I'll put it. Put, keep an eye on our social media to see the some of the pictures. Jen took some really awesome photos, and we'll be putting some of those on the episode and 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 putting them in social media. So it was kind of a fun outing to start like checking some places out, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and I kind of am interested in checking out the one in Cincinnati because we were looking for. I know this sounds. Like every year we usually go sketching um, at different cemeteries with urban sketchers in October. And um, usually we go to Spring Grove because Spring Grove is just such a great place to sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because the, the cemeteries we were just at, even though they had these dollhouse um, graves, like you don't, it, it looked like, and, and that's why, you know, you talked about the vans kind of circling. It looked like they didn't get as many visitors as like when you're at Spring Grove, like any day of the year, there's always a ton of people there. There's people getting wedding photos there. There's people yeah. walking around. There's people getting photos there. Like I had friends pop- married there in the chapel. Yeah, it's, it's mm. a popular location. People walk there. Um, I think they actually even have some um, like 5k or 2k walks. There's, there's a 5k. Um, Well, Spring Grove is special in it's, it's a arboretum and park and uh, it's a landscape cemetery, just like Mount Auburn is out in Boston. So it's meant to be just a public park that happens to have dead people in it, which is really what cemeteries used to be during that Victorian era. They, people would have picnics in front of their family's headstones. And this is not an uncommon cultural trait with anywhere around no, the world. No, that's true. That's very true. It's, it's actually kind of weird that we shun cemeteries so much now because they are great green spaces. Um, and yeah, That's one thing I noticed about both these cemeteries. There were no 
like benches or anything like that. And you go to someplace like Spring Grove and there's benches everywhere and seating areas and stuff yeah. like that. I bet if we went to East Hill Cemetery, which is Rushville's larger and Rush County's larger cemetery that has Wendell Wilkie buried there. Um, by the way, we missed a Wendell Wilkie mural that is on the side of the uh, pharmacy in Rushville. Oh, Somehow oh. all three of us drove past it and missed it. But um <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he was a presidential candidate back in the 1940s and Wilkie Dormitory at Indiana University Bloomington is named after him. I write about him in Haunted Hoosier Halls, Indiana University. Anyway, um, small plug there. But yeah, I, I think that cemetery would have more park benches and stuff because if you remember that huge arch going into it, it looked more like it was much more of a park-ish cemetery and less of a utilitarian this is where we bury our dead cemetery so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it was it was it was an interesting uh, road trip getting to see the hobbit house too which like i looked, turned and saw it and i was like man if i could stop and take pictures but it was like the, the that road 44 there is no place to even pull over like, there is not, none and it, you're going 55 miles an hour i yeah. mean it's like uh it's not designed for uh lurkers no it's not <laughs> and generally to the benefit of the people who live there but That's if true. you're a big roadside aficionado it's kind of a disappointment that you can't turn off anywhere and safely take photos because mm -hmm. clearly if you're making a hobbit house in the middle of indiana or if you're making a giant tree end those are very eye-catching things like you want people to look at them and like the gigantic uh, rocking chair that's on US 31 in Northern Indiana, like that one at least is next to a crossroad so you can turn off and there is a graveled area and you can, you can look at it. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, that could be a whole other discussion. Do you think that um, like roadside attractions um, and obviously because of COVID and, and that could have been one reason why, we got more attention than we probably normally would have is that everybody's been kind of shut up in their houses for a year. That um, could be. And I wonder if there's just like sort of the shock of seeing people around, you know, starting to happen again, like for a long time, no one's been doing anything. Yeah. And um, even with Jeff, when we talked to him, he didn't actually know the roadside significance of Lova's head uh, dollhouse headstone because he noticed my license plate is still an indiana license plate but for a county far away from them and he was just like oh my goodness how far have you driven and i'm like well we're all from cincinnati and mm -hmm. but that's still an hour away and um he was just like why are you here and i just gesture to the dollhouse and he's just like okay why is this special? And it's like, well, sir, there's only five in the United States and you've got two of them within 30 miles of each other. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's interesting because I think everybody, you know, because it used to be, and, and I don't know if, if, if road trips are going to become a big thing in the U.S. again, but, you know, I would say like in the 70s and 80s, road trips with families were a huge thing and stopping at like these roadside attractions, um, you know, are are very popular you know mm -hmm. sometimes they'll have parks and and stuff like that and and this and this dollhouse is in like a roadside attraction blog it is and it talks about visiting it and how to get there and you know one of the funnier ones is uh and, and you probably have heard of this one jen because uh having lived in st louis uh we have some close friends that live in springfield and there's a little town called uranus missouri and so oh. they have all of these signs called called visit Uranus, and it's like it's like the like it has like all this weird stuff there. You know, they they have uh, dinosaurs. They have like sort of a a weird sort of animal museum. Um, you know, and, and it has all these silly puns about Uranus, as you can imagine. And it's just like this road stop that's kind of in the tradition of it's in the tradition of roadside attraction so of course i made troy stop there well if it's off 70 i would have seen it but it does not sound familiar through all of my road trips i mean 
yes, I grew up in Missouri, but you know, I've done more driving here than I did there. So like, we never really veered off and visited other places mm-hmm. that family wasn't. This, mm-hmm. this would be like, if you were going to Branson, Missouri, like this would be, because Branson okay. is just south of, I think it's just south I've of Springfield. And never so been to Branson. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we wouldn't have either, except, you know, our friends live really close to there. And, and so it's. Oh, no, I would love yeah. to go to Branson. Um, um actually i have an aunt and uncle i they go oh. quite often and they really enjoy it down there and i think it's it's a family different it's just being in ohio it's hard to get there yeah <laughs> yeah like we, we visit our friends that are there it's not a, it's not a bad drive to go to, to springfield missouri but you mm-hmm. always pass this and it's just in the in the tradition of roadside attractions and stuff it's just uh-huh. got all this like really funny uh like memorabilia you could buy there and and yeah. you know they make all these jokes about the name being Uranus. Yeah. Um, of course, there's always that. What was that joke about? Uh, I don't know if anyone watched Futurama where he said, "Oh, we changed the name from Uranus because people made fun of it so much." And he said, "What do they call it now?" And he said, "It's now called Erectum." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so there is. Um, I had a great aunt that lived in uh, Lake of the Ozarks, and. I would try to get there to visit her as often as I could. And one summer I went to visit her and I passed a billboard that said testicle festival. And you were like, what? Yeah. And as soon as I got, I'm like, uh, and Claudine, what is the testicle festival? And it's all, it's like Buffalo testicles, I think are a thing that you can eat. And it was all, and I always wanted to go back during that, but I just never got got the chance but she used to send me clippings of advertise advertisements for newspapers she goes you know oh, you'd find this funny my, funny. Ni- my 90 year old great grandma oh that's so well you know Our it's funny aunt. because somebody just posted something about a testicle festival on on facebook and that i thought was it was Tim. made i thought that was yeah. made up so now we have Mm-mm. to tell Tim that it's real yeah and it's... the lake of the ozarks one is not the only one yeah but it's mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that that makes me want to get on the road and go and visit things. Like mm-hmm. when I I have done two cross country road trips and all the way out to California and we tried to stop and hit those things. Like I was telling you guys about one the other day where it was like that one Main Street town. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what state it was. I want to say it was like Nebraska or something, but they had the Enchanted Highway which it was this one two lane road highway that went, it dead ended at this town and all along it were these giant metal sculptures of characters. I mean, giant, they were huge. Hmm. And so at the end you'd stop at their little gift shop and, and it was such a small, tiny town. And it was, this was the only thing they had. And I think they probably obviously would drive out for work and stuff, but, I mean, that stuff's cool, but I've yeah. never seen like the big ball of yarn or the big rocking chair or the big blue ox or whatever. I've never seen those. Well, and we can do an Indiana road trip and hit all those places. I would and then also to. we need to do Ohio because we have the gigantic long and burger basket. Yes. Which is no longer longer burr. I mean, I think oh, no, no, it's just, a, it's just an abandoned building now, it but it's still there. I thought something yeah, was no in it, it, but. But, you know, they I mean, were going to do something with it, but I think the plans fell through. Yeah, it was going to be like it's a, been hotel a tough or time something. to do. It's been a tough yeah. time to do any sort of development in that vein. I mean, yeah. I've never done a cross count cross country uh, drive before. I would love to because I feel like that that really tells you a lot about the United States. You know, going through small towns and you know, kind of well, and that's what Route sixty six used to be. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was. But with the invention of the interstate, all of a lot of that is gone and parts of it, parts of the, the interstate did take up Route 66. So you can see some of that, but mm-hmm. it, it obviously is nowhere near what it used to be. Right. But mm-hmm. now we have trip buddies. Yeah. All yeah. three of us can just mm-hmm. go and do fun visits all around the country, which yes. I eagerly am waiting. I've never been to Mammoth Cave. 
I haven't either. And I've never no. been to Hocking Hills. So yeah, neither have I. Yeah. I need, I need to go. I, I, yeah. I went to Mammoth Cave as a child and I haven't been no. since. Um, I remember I was sick and being really cold because I was, I had, I had chills cause I was, I had a fever and we were visiting mm. Mammoth Cave. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember as a child, but um, you know, there's a lot of really uh, cool areas around here that you could visit. And I'm sure there's many uh, haunted places we're going to be able to start visiting oh, yeah. now. And mm-hmm. hopefully these videos that are in this episode are going to be the first of many. Um, Cause I think it was yeah. really fun to kind of get out um, I realized, uh, I mean, all of us work from home and I realized when I went out Sunday that I had not left the house since the Saturday before. And so I was yeah. like, you know, I think that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't let, had left the house for any enjoyable reason Mm-mm. for easily long time. months, yeah. months and months and months. I think mm-hmm. the last time was um, to go kind of do road tripping or legend tripping, as my friend Jeff would say. Not the one we met in the cemetery. Um, <laughs> it, it it was the one when I went to Hacienda to go videotape mm. that. And I had green hair. So that was yeah. back in October. So that and also seeing Singapore, Michigan, which was also in October. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So so definitely a lot planned. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to do some stuff with, um, you know, Ashley and Amanda, too, as they yeah. start doing stuff. Because it would be uh, neat to do some outings like that now that everybody's getting back i think um as everybody gets vaccinated that gives us a little bit more yeah um, which reminds me if you have a fun roadside attraction that you think we would love to visit you can email us at is it hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com and just give us a brief description of it and where we can find it and we'll if it's within a driving distance, we'll probably go. Did you know that Ohio has its has two? Well, besides Loveland Castle, there's these two other castles within the state. No, I that didn't. were built by the same family. Well, isn't there like not Franklin Castle, but there's one out in Cleveland. That I can't is... remember. They're like in the middle of the state, but one oh. of them was up for sale last year or the oh. year before. Yeah, and I, I, oh man, I wish I could have bought it, but obviously it needed a lot of work. But you yeah. used to be able, I don't know if the other one is still an attraction, if you can go. Oh, okay. I'll have to that, look that up. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I know somewhere in Indiana, there is a McDonald's and gas station that is bricked in like a castle. Really? Like a little can medieval you, castle. Yeah. Can you go go in it? Yes, you can. You could go eat food in a castle at McDonald's. That's fun. It's some random town. Um, Anyway. I I love that there used to be more architecture like that. I feel like things. Oh, it's not a it's a cinder block castle. It's it's but still I still love that that people used to. I mean, I feel like there's not as much like that longer burger cast or longer burger basket. Burger castle. Yeah. Uh, I feel like people are, I mean, people are so like, we've gone through this thing where everything is just efficient. So all architecture is sort of like this corrugate metal warehousing stuff or, or plastic houses. Like you, people are it's doing yeah. stuff that's really cool. I think that that's going to end and we'll, eventually go back to doing stuff that's more interesting but we've kind of gone through this long drought of making stuff as as cheaply and least interesting as possible clean lines yeah i know and and i hope that this this will change you know well if we get james willis on he can talk about writing a homemade roller coaster so jen yes i'm sorry i interrupted you no that's okay i just i really want to kind of like spend a week out in that area like brookville connersville rushville area and the amount of times that i wanted to stop on the side of the road to take mm-hmm. a picture of a dilapidated building oh my god I'm, i was like a little overwhelmed because one i hadn't been out of the house in forever and i had yeah. taken very many pictures this past year which is not like me and i'm like oh my god oh my god so many pictures so many pictures i need to take there were so many abandoned (laughs) farmsteads and you didn't even drive through metamorta which is the canal like there was one point where i think it's 121 or 128 
ran parallel to it and the canal was working and there were people mm. just sitting there sun not sun bathing but they had their feet in the canal cooling off mm. and all that so that's yeah. a pretty neat area there's some yeah. cute airbnbs it looked like in indiana but yeah there okay. are wanted to stay a couple of days. such as the that hobbit house the out- hobbit house Okay. Yeah, but that didn't look like a typical Hobbit house. Like no, that one. Wasn't. I don't even know why it was called a Hobbit house because because it, it was small. Big, I guess so. Mm-hmm. It didn't have like the big round door. Um, no. That's why I got confused. Um, yeah. You know, but there, there are a lot of interesting, quirky things probably in every town. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's kind of fun to discover some of these things. I mean, I would actually love to stay a couple days in Bloomington. Because I've always yes. wanted to sketch there. Mm-hmm. That's such a cute town. Um, I was going to suggest Story, Indiana, and Brown County, uh, yes. especially in the fall, because the general store is haunted in Story, Indiana, Ooh. and the entire town is a hotel. Whoa. We can go camping there. I've been mm-hmm. camping down in Brown County, and I think it's absolutely gorgeous down there. I love Bloomington. I stayed there for a weekend to go see Chris Hardwick. <laughs> It was, awesome. But it was in January one year, and it was it was just a cool little place just to walk around, fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's a small college town, so it still has kind of cool hip things. And yeah, I, mean, I have one last thing to say before we go to the hometown haunt, and that is go Hoosiers. Yeah, go Hoosiers. I, I mean, I, we uh, Jen and I are big fans of Comedy Attic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have yeah. you been there before, um, Kat? Nope. I don't know what it is. It's it's a co- comedy club that's in Bloomington. It's in an well attic. I mean, it's on the second floor. I mean, I don't know. it's I on it the second attic. floor. I think below mm-hmm. it is a Mason think, Lodge. It's the last thing that we saw. Is it there. on Kirkwood? Like, is it? It's downtown. It's not too far mm-hmm. from the town square. It's okay. The last thing we saw there, Maria Bamford. I think we saw Maria Bamford last time. Uh, I thought Mark Marin. Did you? Oh, were you there? I wasn't able. Remember, you weren't I had able to go. You guys. You guys yeah. gave the tickets away. I mean, I've seen Mark Marin like three or four times, but yeah, um, Comedy Attic's a great venue to see comedy. You know, the old school comedy really club. Is. Yeah, um, you know, a fun place to go. I mean, there's some really good comedy clubs in Cincinnati. I mean, we, we like going yes. to. Yes. Um, go bananas. bananas is is one of our favorites too. Hi, go bananas. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see the renovations. They re- renovated rent rain re- renovated it. <laughs> they redid it. <laughs> Well, he got there. That's what counts. (laughs) All right. So are we ready for the hometown hunt? Yeah. Um, And and this is one from uh, um, my sister, another from my sister-in-law, because, you know, as as I've been talking about, you know, hauntings and stuff, uh, she was saying in Rush, Kentucky, where her great grandparents lived, I guess it's a, it's an old family home. And so her grandparents lived there and her great-grandparents their father had come over from germany and allegedly and i guess this happened a lot he was uh, uh, mentally ill we they said insane um but i think people were probably i mean treatment for people that had uh mental illness was not very advanced back then you know they pretty no. much would put you in a prison basically um, um they put you usually on um poor homes Mm-hmm. poor farms so uh and then those would be um be, they were populated by people that had mental um disabilities i guess um mm-hmm. you also had people that may have been bipolar or depressed um or manic depressive and then you also had just your standard widows orphans and mm-hmm. then you had usually one person who was running the farm as like the manager but they were completely self-sufficient and uh, a lot of the older u.s mental institutions like penhurst uh, were functioning farms because they had started uh as poor farms first and then just grew and grew and grew and had larger institutions and then institutionalization happened but that's a entire different story so getting back so her great-grandfather Yes, was chained so into the great, attic yeah yeah so the great yeah, their great 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 grandfather i guess was chained in the attic because they they said he was insane and there wasn't much more explanation than that i mean was it dementia i mean it could have been a whole pantheon of things that was wrong with him um and and i think a lot of times people didn't know what to do so they 
shame them so they wouldn't hurt themselves or hurt others or whatever. But I guess her grandparents who still were living in the house, so it's gone through several generations, would often hear chains rattling up in the attic and uh, as if his ghost was still there. And, and um, you know, her grandparents and aunts and uncles, when they would visit, said you could still like hear him the chains. The chains. Yeah. Oh, that is so sad. I it's know, very it is. sad. That one's um, a sad one. Yeah, yeah. And she said it was it was kind of one of those weird things um, where, you know, like, like were the chains lore. removed? Like, were they phantom chains? Were the chains no longer in the attic? Like, there's some know. questions here. Yeah. yeah I'll, but I'll that's just chilling. And bring, bring um, you know, I mean, it, it, it really is heinous. I mean, I, I, I think there were a lot, a lot of options for people that had. I mean, the way they treated a lot of different family members, whether you were mentally ill or how they treated unwed mothers or, you know, just all the different things they used to do with people that had, like you said, disabilities, stuff mm -hmm. like that. It just seems horrific. And, you know, you know, one hopes eventually that they'll get better treatment for people. Um, I mean, you know, now um, probably the way they deal with a lot of stuff like that is medicating. But I think a lot of medications have really made people's lives live livable yeah yeah oh yeah like um balancing out the um uh, the the brain chemistry helps a lot the only problem is then you get stuck into it's not really a problem it's just that you get stuck into having to constantly rebalance mm -hmm. the brain chemistry mm -hmm. once it does start because your brain gets used to things and moves on it's an evolving science yeah you know, it is evolving um, but but it was it was an interesting story. Um, she also mentioned that um, uh, that that uh, where her parents live, uh, they toured. There's a prison close to Eddyville where their parents live in Western Kentucky now, and they said it's this big old building. And when they were touring, they were walking in one of the yards or something, and the guy that lives on site, that's like the warden there, or whatever, said, "Oh, I thought you were the ghosts." Like. He said that they have all these ghosts at this prison like there's all it's an older one and they have all these stories of hauntings at this prison well this would be the kentucky state penitentiary yes so uh she recommended next time we're down there we should check it out um and i said that sounds that sounds like an interesting location to i, I mean like you were mentioning last week the penitentiary in um lebanon ohio like many of these probably have tales to tell because of, you know, I mean, talk about a place where there's a lot of darkness and a lot of emotion and, uh, you know, death too. Um, you know, these sites probably have a lot going on in them. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be a massive road trip because it's five hours away. Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> We drive we, we we drive down there at least a couple times a year. Oh wow, <laughs> it's doable in a long weekend. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. Um, you know, we wished wish his parents lived a little closer. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, I I would like to next time I'm down there it would be kind of interesting to check out that area and see. Um, you know, now Rush, Kentucky, uh, conversely, is on the eastern side of the state. It's like three hours away. Okay. Uh, his parents moved away from Ashland, I want to say, eight or nine years ago and moved to the western side of the state uh, in the land between the lakes so they could live on the lake. It's very pretty down there. Yeah, it looked nice when I Googled it. Yeah, I yeah, want a lake cool house. Lake. I want to yeah, live on a lake house. It's cool. You can watch all the deer walking around. They feed their yeah. deer. So they kind of, it's fun to watch the deer kind of fight over the corn that they get them. My, I'm just my thinking of my aunt. dogs rolling in the dog poo or the deer poo, but sorry. Uh -huh. Sorry, Jen. No, I was just going to say my great aunt, and when she had her house in Lake of the Ozarks, it was right on the lake, and I just always loved going to visit her, because all we would do was just sit there and watch the water. Mm -hmm. And that the birds. It's a really pretty area. The Ozarks are yeah. very pretty. Um, and now we're all thirsting to, like, go places, because we're talking here, what if we went here? What if we went here? And we could take pictures and sketch, and, you know. Yeah. Although I... Was exhausted when I got home last night, and I ended up staying up till three like an idiot. But How? I could have gone. Oh my god! I have I feel no so idea. I, I went. I so <laughs> I was trying to finish a spread for the book I'm working on, 
and it was 11 it was like quarter till 11 i was like i'm so tired and so i went mm. to bed <laughs> i was in I bed by 11 30 should have gone to bed when yeah i was, I was in bed it, yeah, before but 11. i didn't yeah <laughs> hashtag crone i was really tired <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway uh i think that's the episode right yeah. yeah so thank you everyone for joining us on this wonderful road trip episode and hopefully more road trips in the future there's a lot around ohio indiana and kentucky that we can visit so for further updates check us out at sin cabinet curio and at sin cabinet of curiosities on our social media and if you have a spooky story or a good roadside attraction for us to visit you can always email us at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com so everyone keep spooky good night bye Bye. Yes. <laughs>